Welcome to the podcast edition of the Frontier Psychiatrist Substack. I'm your host and narrator, Owen Muir. This is Vampires, a private equity cautionary tale. A work of complete fiction for Halloween, and any similarities to real living PE firms is eerie, but completely accidental and unintended. Did you hear about the private equity roll-up of Vampires? By O. Scott Muir, M.D. Prologue. I work with a variety of patients, and one of the quote-unquote people who came to see me and insisted on a late-night appointment, well, it turns out he's a vampire. He works in the family business, which of course involves pumping blood out of humans and drinking it. Everything that we saw in Blade, Blade 2, the incomparable Blade 3, and even Underworld and whatever the Underworld sequels are, those are basically the show Silicon Valley, but for vampires. It's theoretically fiction. Footnote 1. It's really just a documentary done after the fact. Here is the true story. Footnote 2. This is in no way a true story. When a private equity fund got involved in the literal, figurative, business of sucking the lifeblood out of us humans, it's not what happened. It's fiction. Mandatory legal disclaimer. What follows is a work of fiction, and the identity of my vampire patient has been changed to protect his fictional privacy, despite HIPAA not really considering fictional blood-sucking vampires to be a covered entity, unless we count Optum. Footnote 5. I mean, private equity is pretty blood-sucking, but it's not what I'm literally talking about. In this context, this is a work of fiction. Inauspicious starts. In the beginning, they were promising to make things easier. Only Choice Blood Care Partners, OBP, was the name of their fund. Honestly, the name summed up the situation, but they said all the right things. No more mirrors. Professionalization of the whole blood supply chain. Providing the capital to scale up our operation to match our dreams. It felt like they really understood what drinking blood was all about. After looking at the balance sheet, it looked like there were inefficiencies, leakage of valuable blood. Other private equity firms seemed like they were a little creeped out by the whole vampire thing. But these guys, they really seemed to get it. It's like they really didn't have a beating heart at all, which is exactly what you're looking for as a vampire, looking for operational expertise and an infusion of capital. For example, why are we disposing of sharp fangs when really we could be poking people with them again and again? These guys really knew what they were talking about. Most vampires being undead had completed their education a long time ago and weren't very tech or business savvy, to be honest. I mean, many of them were handsome, even more handsome than the werewolf alternatives that young women were considering dating. But in reality, vampires are pretty old. While Sesame Street's The Count is an exception, their familiarity with Excel is limited. And they really honestly wouldn't know how to build a financial model if you threaten them with a crucifix. The private equity guys, and they were all guys, they had a really good track record of creating what they told us was sustainable models for werewolves. I even know some of the lycanthropes in their portfolio, and instead of howling at the moon from whatever lame forest they happen to be in when they turn from man into wolf creature, well now they were doing it from their yachts in Ibiza. And every werewolf on Reddit's Our Werewolves is really excited for Yacht Week. It's in Transylvania, 2025. 
Plus, as vampires, my undead colleagues and I had a dream that, you know, things could be different. There could be enough blood to go around. We wouldn't have to be pulling overnights every single night. Maybe I'll even get my own coffin. Those things cost an arm and a leg, I'll tell you. The private equity guys said it could happen, and all we have to do is sign this term sheet with our own blood. And the math was pretty complicated. I mean, look, I don't know about business, and, and they made a whole new holding company. They called it a serum service organization. Apparently, all the blood would be accounted for, but some of the platelets would inure to the SSO. It seems like they're going to invest and scale what we were doing. Look, I'm a vampire. I want to suck blood. I don't want to be burdened with balance sheets and having to learn actuarial accounting. And maybe, just maybe, I can finally go out and sparkle during the daytime for once. It turns out the term sheet thing is a lot more complicated than I was led to believe, because their term sheet seemed to indicate that they would have a controlling interest in my whole vampire bloodline, which is weird, because they're not undead. And, like, what do they want with all that blood? I asked Lord Gordy Jr. from the firm this question. Efficiency. I mean, it sounded like a good answer. He went to Wharton. But here's the thing. There was this weird calculation between their investment at 51%, and then they were going to buy some of our sire's equity thereafter, and it seemed like they wanted to invest their own capital and not do any more fundraising or something. It was hard to see how it all worked, but frankly, we were running out of options pretty quickly. I mean, if you think vampires are bad when it comes to sucking blood, you should see the short-term high-interest business loans we used to buy all those coffins. Footnote 6. Any similarity to actual private equity investors is completely coincidental. No conclusions could or should be drawn about specific companies or specific private equity firms or investors. What follows is flights of fancy satire and nothing about real people whatsoever. None of the things illustrated are based in reality. All of it is just pulled straight from thin air in my imagination as a writer. Emile, most delightful. They took us out to a really nice restaurant that specializes in serving only the finest vital essence of the living. So they said, it looked Italian to me. There was even plenty of red wine to go around. The weird thing is, when I asked him if we could record the toast for posterity, they were skittish. Like the kind of skittish I usually feel when someone wants to take my picture or straighten up next to me in a mirror or get anywhere near holy water. It seemed like the audio recording was their daylight. I just wanted to do a toast. We were going into business together, right? Things went downhill pretty quickly after that. Look, I may be a vampire, and I may suck blood for sustenance of my undead and eternal life, but I have limits. And frankly, I kind of resent the inept management that they, I use the name Gordy, and I don't know a single Gordy. I have no Gordys in my life. Never met someone named Gordy. That's how fictional this is. We're putting in place. With the standards of vampiric conduct we had held up for literally all of eternity, they managed to take all of a few months to destroy our brand of high-caliber blood-sucking. Calibrated blood health. I really didn't understand it, but the private equity investors, they brought on some executive. This guy supposedly had experience in the body fluid space. And he said we needed to have a legal medical practice. Footnote 8. The word they in the sentence refers to the fictional private equity investors described in the story, and any relationship or resemblance to real persons is completely coincidental. Can you even tell these guys apart as it is? 
He called it an infusion center. This seems a little weird to me. I mean, we pump blood out of people, but he said if we did a medical thing, we'd probably be able to get more blood out if we had an excuse to have IV access. My family is traditional, and we have used fangs for generations. Our immortal fangs work. They are efficient, they're built in. But they started waving their hands and saying something about a J code on the claims. It turns out there isn't a CPT code for using your fangs like the Dark Lord intended to get blood out of people initial encounter. Maybe interactive complexity would apply, but that doesn't pay too well. The next thing you know, reviews started showing up on Glassdoor. At first, they were positive. Too positive. Helping people makes my heart smile. Pros. I absolutely love my job. I used to work for Dracula himself, and this is just as good. I have grown professionally and in no way been exposed to garlic or holy water. Cons. Calibrated acquired another company, and there were some good apples that needed weeding out. But out with the old, in with the newly undead. Advice to management. Keep it up for all eternity. I didn't appreciate them referring to my former colleagues at the mausoleum as good apples they inherited. The next thing you know, they stopped paying the rent on the mausoleum. Now I've got this lawsuit hitting me. Footnote 9. These are, of course, fictional lawsuits and have no bearing on any actual legal proceedings that may or may not be taking place in the real world. Any relationship between the lawsuits filed by the fictional characters in this fictional story is coincidental. The mausoleum was a sublease, and the landlord is suing because the terms were for eternity, and my name was still on the lease. It made no sense. I looked up calibrated blood health, and it doesn't even exist in the State Registry of Professional Corporate Entities? Through the looking glass, door. Glass door reviews started to get grim. I mean, I don't actually have a reflection in any kind of mirror or glass structure, so I've never been a huge glass door fan. But wow. Shadows are starting to appear, and as a vampire, we just don't do shadows. Stay far away. One star. Pros. They didn't seem to care to validate that I had an active blood-sucking license, so that was a time-saver. Cons. Calibrated blood health has replaced all of the senior vampires, and I mean all of them. It's just a bunch of vampire bat practitioners who go around referring to themselves as advanced practice vampiric providers and keep demanding to suck blood to the full extent of their blood-sucking authority. But honestly, I think the supervisory vampiric medical count they hired to sign off on their documentation for the serum service organization isn't even undead. Like, I think he played Dracula in a high school performance. I think he's actually like a living human being. That's how messed up this place is. They have one of the living supervising minions of the undead and sucking the blood out of other humans. Can you imagine? Advice to management. If you're gonna run a vampire organization, at least hire some actual legitimate vampires who are actually among the undead. If everyone who works in your clinic is living, you might as well be at Quest Labs or Walgreens Theranos Clinic, but you're sure as hell not running an organization with the kind of denizens of the night authority that used to run this place. It seems like they were destroying everything we'd built over centuries. Then this. They hired fake reviewer zombies. Can you imagine? It seemed pretty suspicious. They were reviewing not only our infusion center, but other companies all around the underworld. And 
it seemed to be from the same crew, doing reviews from Pennsylvania one day to Transylvania the next. And they all posted their reviews at the same exact time. How gullible do they think people, granted people looking to get their blood sucked out by vampire impersonator advanced practice bat practitioners are. Then a week later, this was posted on Glassdoor. And if I had a heart that beat, instead of sitting still and black in my chest, it would have skipped one of those beats. The review was titled, Completely Uncorrupted, How a Grand House of the Night Became a BS Blood Draw Lab Masquerading as a Vampiric Bloodline. Where to even begin? This company bought the Vampire Mausoleum, which also had its problems. But at least it was a family business that valued and understood sucking the blood out of humans. Back in February. Footnote 10. A fictional month as far as I can tell. Months have 30 days or 31 days or... I don't know what's up with this month that has a variable number of days. It's made up for the benefit of the story. February. God. Any similarity to normative calendar months is completely coincidental. Since then, nearly every single senior vampire from the coven has left. Half were staked in the heart upon the merger, but since then, no one has wanted to stick around. There's a puff of smoke, and suddenly it's another bat flying out the window. They severely undernourished staff on the death-sustaining blood of the human sheeple flock. They refuse to do any serum supply negotiations, but they will string you along, pretending that they might offer you a sip for several months. One blood infusion associate was promised a leader in July of 2022. Footnote 11. A completely fictional date at which no real negotiations are known to have taken place by this author. And as of mid-October 2022, has still not tasted a drop. There are now mirrors everywhere. They have overwhelming amounts of surveillance on their employees, requiring everyone to be in their infusion center full-time, even though everyone can fly, in the form of a bat, to their play remotely. Salaried staff have to clock in and out every day, sometimes when the sun is still up, which also tracks their location. Some staff have to clock in using a system that scans their pale faces. It's at this point that I really had to check my gut and shake my head slowly over what I was reading. Why the hell are they bothering with a clock-in, clock-out system for individuals who are among the undead? Don't they know we can't even enter the premises unless we're invited? And once you let us in, well, that's it. You don't need a time clock for individuals who literally can't enter unless and until they're invited and then are incentivized to stay for the blood on the premises. It's just missing the actual literal point of what it means to be among the servants of the undead and the damned. They may understand spreadsheets and sucking the life out of businesses they acquire, but they just don't understand vampire culture. Completely unsubstantiated rumors. Another review documented some significant legal troubles they were going through. Almost everyone in management has at least one lawsuit against them. Since Calibrated, a fictional name for a company, and any similarity to real people is completely coincidental. As an aside, can you imagine if some litigious individual felt that this is all actually referring to them? That would be pretty incriminating. Anyway, it doesn't hurt any actual living people. It's about vampires. Vampires are fictional. 
so are werewolves. Fictional, not real, satire, humor, fiction. Bought the company. At least three lawsuits have been brought against them, including workplace lack of harassment and, most disturbingly, sexual propriety allegations. Vampirina interviewed for a gig, but instead of trying to seduce her during an, the off-site in the swanky Transylvania castle, only the most appropriate behaviors took place, like they were running some limp fish human organization. No seduction, no gentle caress of the neck just before the fangs clamp down, nothing. Just completely unacceptable. No real vampire would ever allow it. What did you think would happen when you invited the private equity investors in? Frankly, I'm ashamed. It feels like somebody has stabbed me in the heart, you know, with a wooden stake. Y you know what? It's worse than that. It's like they did the stake thing and then cut off my head and stuffed my mouth with holy wafers. These private equity guys might as well be walking around wearing garlic necklaces and a crucifix all the time. Once you let a vampire in, well, it's not as bad as private equity, and that's all I have to say. By O. Scott Muir, Vamp D. Thanks for listening, and if you've enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to the, the podcast feed and the frontierpsychiatrist.substack.com uh, and become a paid subscriber if you can. We'd love to have you. Thanks so much, and tune in next time.